Wired helps you become a halal investor in minutes. Clients from over 40 states have already started their journey with us. Here's how it works. First, we ask you eight simple questions to recommend a portfolio based on your risk profile. You then select your portfolio and simply sign up online. Your account can be approved in seconds. After you fund your account, we'll place the trades for you. All you have to do then is sit back and monitor your performance. It actually is that easy. Assalamu alaikum and welcome to another episode of the TMV podcast by The Muslim Vibe, sponsored by Wahid Invest. My name is Salim Qasim and I'm the chief editor of The Muslim Vibe. This week I'm joined by Mahmoud Mauji, who is a motivational speaker and wellness specialist. Thank you for joining us, Mahmoud. Assalamu alaikum. Thank you, Forgot to say that. Um, so, I guess before we get started, um, it's obviously 27, 2018, sorry. Um, January is quickly getting away from us, and I think a lot of people have set themselves up with goals and, and targets for the year. Um, and I think slowly people are kind of forgetting those. And in the sort of work that you do with sort of local communities and helping people in this way, and even like, I mean, transforming lives, how would you say that people maintain the work that they're doing in terms of keeping their goals? Firstly, s- set a goal. Okay, yeah. write it down. Most people um, have a goal in the mind, mm-hmm. you know, but if it's not written down, it's extremely mm-hmm. unlikely that it's going to happen. Okay, number one. Number two, that a lot of us set our goals up based on the past, so from where we've come from. So we tend to set very small goals. And what we need to do is actually set up a huge goal. So we don't base our goals based on the past, but we base our goals based on the future. Okay, and the goal needs to be something huge. You know, there's two types of goals one which is going to push you, one which is going to pull you. You know, and pushing, you know, for someone to push you needs motivation, that doesn't last very long. But when you've got something which can pull you, okay, then then it's going to last. So make a huge goal, something which when you hit it, it'll change your life. Mm-hmm. It'll change your whole life and the people's lives around you. So yeah, make something huge, write it down, and then just go out and do it. In terms of um, setting goals in life, I think what at least I've always struggled with is is whatever it is that I set. Like for me, I think is sugar. I like sugar, and I always try and cut it out. So like before Ramadan, I I went through a period of like six weeks where I didn't eat sugar. Any sort of refined sugar was just completely cut out. But then once we, I think what the issue often is that once we fall off the wagon, so to speak, and, and we go back to the old habit or whatever it was, or, you know, we lose track of our target and our goal in life. How do we recenter and come back? Okay. I think one of the most important things is to understand why you're doing it, to mm. actually have your why. So, for example, in your case, why are you giving up sugar? Are you mm. asking? Yeah, 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 yeah. What's so, the reason? Uh, well, I... Based on something I saw in, in terms of how like the unhealth, like how unhealthy sugar is and how addictive it is as a as, a, as an entity, right. I just felt that it's something that we don't need in our lives, and, and obviously the the health um, issues associated with that. That was my personal kind of reason as to why I wanted to cut it out. Okay. And I still, till this day, I'm quite sort of weary of of my sugar intake and always looking over my shoulder at it. But sticking to an like a goal of of cutting something out entirely, that's what I think the struggle. That a lot of people have okay. um, and yeah so like, I, I mean in, in in terms of your experience and I know that you know you've worked and I've, I've seen on your Facebook page the the transformations that people have gone through um, I, I guess what, what are the lessons that you've taken from their journeys and, and what have you seen them and 
what's that what's that whole experience like so i've worked with lots of people where we've given up smoking we've given up drugs there's so many things have changed in their life mm. and the thing is that everyone has a why everyone has a point everyone has something something that they really need and something they really want so for Recently, I was out in Nairobi, okay, um, and then we managed to get a lot of people to stop smoking. Mm. And the thing is that they all knew smoking was bad, but they've been smoking for so many years, okay, so why haven't they given up up till now? The thing is, when they realise that what giving up smoking is going to give them, you know, the macro level, what's it going to play out into, then everything changes. Yeah. That when they realise that if they keep on going down the road they're going now, where they're going to be in five years, where they're going to be in ten years, okay, and when they really realise that, and when they realise how it's holding them back, then things change. Okay, so if you just know smoking's bad, yeah, it's great. Okay, and then you you you'll stop smoking, but mm-hmm. then you'll very quickly fall back into it. But don't don't we already have those real like don't we know that already? I don't think we do. And and I don't think it's wired into us that 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 say for example the amount of sh- sugar you have yeah. for example okay if you if you actually realize where you're going to be in five years time because of that then all of a sudden I think that things will begin to change and then it's a pull rather than a push okay that that if you knew that after five years of smoking that you won't be able to spend time with your kids or you won't be able to do the job you love you won't be able to do things because you're you're going to be really affected yeah. then all of a sudden you will begin to stop. But but when it's just, you know, smoking's bad for me, I'm going to stop, it doesn't last very long. And when you realise what it's doing for you, mm. and when you realise what it's going to play out into, then all of a sudden I feel things change. And th- th- does it need that kind of uh, do-or-die approach? Because you, you see, for like, if we take smoking as an example, you see people will kind of be like, all right, I'm done smoking, they'll rip up all their cigarettes, they'll throw away their light... Is is that the approach to go down, or like a more mature route of okay? There's a box of cigarettes in my in my drawer. I don't need to open them up and, okay. and smoke. I think some people are kind of the do or die. They chuck everything away and that's it. And some mm. people kind of need to. So it's on an individual that. basis. I think so. Yeah, and also um, one of the things uh, which which when people realise is that you know there's there's certain reasons why we do things in life. Okay, yeah. and there's kind of six needs we have in life. And I always talk about these six needs and the based on one of my mentors, who's uh, um, um, Anthony Robbins, okay, Tony Robbins. He talks about six needs that a human has and everything we do is based around the six needs. So, for example, when it comes to something like smoking, most people either smoke for significance or they smoke because they want some certainty in their life. So if they're going through a stressful time, they know the moment they put a cigarette in the mouth, they, uh, you, you know, that um, they get that certainty that they know that they're going to feel better. Or if they're around their friends and they want to smoke, um, then all okay. Then um, then they're going to feel significant in front of their friends, and most people don't realize why they're doing things, and they kind of go along in life. I feel not knowing why they do what they do. Mm. But when people realize why they're doing things, and they want to change, then all of a sudden change happens. Okay, so it's that realization of actually knowing why you're doing what you're doing. And in terms of shaping how we how we see things um, in life. What kind of outlook do we need to have? Like, is there like a, a sort of a, a shift and a positive mentality that we need to kind of embrace um, as people? Like, how, how like are these are these micro changes? I guess I guess what I'm trying to ask here is: are these micro changes that we're making just like isolated things? Like, okay, I want to cut out smoking, but then th- th- does it need like an entire shift in our mentality to be able to actualize these things, or is it just on a, like an individual basis? See. 
I don't think the micro, I think they're huge. See, the way I do if someone wants to stop smoking, um, I don't bring it from the smoking approach. If someone wants to give up sugar, I don't bring it from the sugar approach. So um, one of my main passions is, is to get people's health up to where they want to. See, mm. I've got this, uh, the the kind of mantra which I run by is um, Allah's gift to us is our body and our gift back to him is how we look after it. Okay, And I feel the, the, that we've been given a gift, which yeah. is our body, but we don't actually look after it. That if I was to give you a car as a gift, the least you would do is look after it. But how many of us look after this gift? It's the only place we have to live. Okay, um, And we don't really look after it. Okay, mm. So when I can take you on a journey to better your health, when I can show you there's things which you thought you couldn't do, which all of a sudden you can do, when you start seeing results, then you stop smoking yourself, then you cut sugar down yourself, then you start eating better. Right. So I haven't attacked the smoking, mm. haven't attacked the food by itself, I've attacked the macro game, the big level, you. And when you start seeing results, then all of a sudden you start dropping these things off yourself because you you know you need to to be able to get towards the next level whereas if you just concentrate on smoking itself it's a lot more difficult when you play the whole game things change that makes a lot of sense because i was just thinking that like if if you were to look at one particular aspect of a person's life and just try and cut that out it's like the the, the mentality that they have that that put them in that situation where they are smoking or or eating a lot of sugar whatever it might be isn't going to be affected you might just implement a change on on like that particular level but the the bigger picture, so you 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 attack it from a kind of holistic perspective. Yeah, the whole thing. So I'll give you an example. So um, if you want to improve your health, I've got this big thing where I run a lot of drives where we kind of get people's health to where they want. We use things like the ten thousand step drive. I get people, you know, people who can't run two hundred meters. I can get you running kind of five thousand um, um, five thousand meters, five kilometers within a space of about six weeks. And when I take you on that journey, and when I make you realize that all of a sudden you never thought you could run a kilometer, but now you can run five, or you can run two, or you can run three. Then all of a sudden you think, hold on, if I can do this, and I thought I couldn't. What else can I do in my life? And it opens up the doors to everything. It changes your life, changes your marriage, changes the relationship you have with your kids, changes your work, changes everything. Because mm. you're happier, right? And when you're happier, you just do things on a different level. You have more energy. And that I feel that most people play life on energy levels about, you know, two, three, four, whereas the great things happen around nine and ten. Mm. But nine, ten is way outside your comfort zone. It's where you're feeling scared, you're feeling nervous. And where, but that's the place where you're gonna get you, you're actually gonna get everything out of life. And when I can take you from there to there, then everything changes. Then things like smoking drop off, things like sugar drop off, things like you know, your diet all of a sudden gets better because you've seen the changes. And in terms of the perspective um, that it needs to kind of achieve this, I think from again, from, from <laughs> the way that I've, I've seen things and the way that people make changes, often it's kind of looking back and having regrets over decisions that people have made. But I think from what you said, and you mentioned it earlier, that it's all about all, all about looking forward. Um, how does that... How, how do we eliminate the regret factor from driving us forward? Or, or do we use our regrets in a positive way? Okay, do you know, I love that topic of regret because I talk about it so much. You know why? Because... Do you know what the biggest regret people have in their life? And when you go and speak to old people, mm. and I don't mean the over 40s, I mean proper old people, yeah. Do you, do you know what they said? Do you know what the biggest regret in life is? That I wish I'd led a life on my terms, a life not governed by the expectation of others, a life which was true to me. And that's everyone's biggest regret. That, you know, 
a lot of the time we live in a world where we don't do things because we're scared of failing. Sometimes we're scared of succeeding because we don't feel we're good enough. And the second biggest regret people have is, you know, we should look after my health better. And the problem is there comes a time where it's too late. So if you, do you know, if something, do you know what fuels me? Okay, one of my biggest pushes in life is, for example, if I turn around to 60, 70, now I've got regret and I can't change that. You know, that's it. You're never going to get those years back. So I live in this place right now where I, I, I live on well over the edge of my comfort zone. Okay, why? Because I don't have any regrets. And especially when it comes to health. And so many people I've met are so riddled with regret. And that's one thing which I don't want anyone to have. It's crippling really, isn't it? 100%. Re- regret is one of those things where it holds you back from being able to do the things that you want to do and, and actually make the decisions you want to make because you're always thinking about that time when that happened or, or that time when I didn't do such and such a thing. Um no, it's 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 really interesting, and and you know, again, I invite people to, to check out the videos that you've you've got on your Facebook page. A lot of the the themes and, and the things that you say, I I kind of listen to them, and I think it's pretty straightforward. Like you're not saying anything groundbreaking, but at the same time, I think, and, and I've I've seen it through. And I'm I'm going to ask you also to kind of highlight some of the stories, but I've seen it through um, some of the things that you've posted in terms of the changes that people have made based on quite elementary things that you're saying it's nothing like it's not like a new philosophy on life that's never been said before it's quite straightforward things but i think when people actually take this stuff to heart and act on it on like a weekly basis it it makes a huge difference see um i don't i believe that all of us were put on this earth with a gift okay we were all endowed with a gift at birth and that gift could be building houses, it could be building businesses, it could be writing books, it could be speaking, it could be cutting hair, cutting grass, whatever it is. And the only way that we can actually feel alive in life is when you live inside that gift. And the journey of life, I feel, is to find that gift, you know, nurture that gift and use that gift to help others. Because it's all about helping other people, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, you don't get, you know, there have been so many studies which have shown that when you do something for yourself, you get, you know, happiness. But for a very short amount of time, when you do it for other people, wow, it lasts. And that's the journey of life, right? That, that you know you want the most amount of people there at your funeral. It's all about legacy, right? How do you do that? It's by finding what you're made for. It's finding what you love to do. But most people don't want to explore that because they're worried about failing. Now, how many people do you know who go into jobs that they hate and they complain, right? And we're in a culture where people complain. And you know, they're, they're happy to complain sometimes. And Isn't that part of being a Londoner though? Nah, not at all. <laughs> it is, but it sh- shouldn't be. Yeah. But, but why? You know, you know why? That, that that when you're living in when you love what you do mm. then that's it then life changes right then it's not about how many hours you work because you'll be doing it all the time because you love it and most of this, and, and again on my YouTube channel I've got lots of posts about this where, where I so passionately believe that you know the most successful people on this earth who we call successful for example you know the uh, Warren Buffett the Bill Gates the Steve Jobs all of these kind of people yeah Oprah and all of this you know they the reason they've managed to do so well it's because they love what they do. And why is that important? Because then you won't give up. Yeah. I, I think that's actually something that I, I think a lot about as well in terms of the fact that a lot of my, a lot of people that I know I've spoken to, they do jobs for, for the sake of money. They, they do it because they kind of have to and it's like they're stuck in this endless cycle at times. Um, and and ultimately as well, that like I've always found that I'm happiest when I'm doing something I enjoy. So like when it came down to 
the the thing I studied, I, I did classical studies at university, which was ancient Greek literature, language, philosophy. It was something that at the time I enjoyed studying and I had a great time at university as a result. Like I really enjoyed my time. Whereas my personal sort of philosophy has always been that if I were to be studying medicine, yeah. but I don't enjoy studying medicine, yet I want to be a doctor at the end, yeah. it, it doesn't work. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't work because if God forbid I have to drop out or something happens or even I pass away in the time that I'm just there studying medicine, I'll, I'll have died doing something that I don't enjoy. And that's not a, a place you want to you wanna be in really. Um, so for me that's always been a, a kind of consideration that I've tried to, to make in terms of doing something that I really enjoy. And, and as you say, it just, time goes, time flies because you're genuinely... <laughs> enjoying it and making and, a difference and, and and you're able exactly you're able to, to are you making a difference here in what you're doing right yeah well simple yeah you thank are. you <laughs> you are and then you know you are because because you can see you know how people relate to muslim vibe how they talk about them you know the, the interaction you get yeah you no know, that's it you're making an impact but i think also from it's very hard for people to to find their Muslim vibe to find their project and you know like the, the work that you're doing now in local communities to find that and, and again I, I you know I wanted to talk about your journey as well but I think for myself personally you know falling into to doing this work for the last three years was kind of like when I look back it all makes sense but I couldn't have told you that this was never planned sure. and obviously for me an element of God comes into that where it's like God has a plan for us and we just have to be sort of willing participants in that journey. Um, but before we get on to your um, story, I did want to also, I want to know, you know, what you've learned from sort of individuals that you've worked with. So actual stories where like person X, I, I, you know, you've mentioned people going from not running 200 meters to being able to run 5,000 meters. But are there any sort of standout transformations or changes that people have made that you've seen with people that you've worked with? Lots, lots. Um, I think when you come from something you love to do and, and you give it your all um, and when you find your gift, mm. and I think I believe that my gift is to be able to show other people what their gift is and then allow them to get on that journey. And, one of, and, and the vehicle I use is health. So I allow you to find your gift through the vehicle of health. So by me helping you improve your health, all of a sudden all the other doors open out. I mean, just kind of, uh, you've got a young crowd here, right? And, and you know, the biggest thing I kind of implore everyone to do is just, you know, I know we need the money. I know the money's important. Some of us have got young families and that. I know we've got to feed them as well, 100%. But, you know, we have another eight hours in our day where we don't do anything. Yeah, we sleep for eight. Yeah, we work for eight. What about the other eight? You know, eight hours in the day where we you know spend time watching TV, watching Netflix. What's all that about? You know, you got between seven in the evening and two in the morning to build your dream, and everyone comes out with the fact that you haven't got time. Everyone has time, and if you just look inside you and see what you really love to do and start there, never make it about the money. Hmm. Just make it about giving. And you know, Alhamdulillah, you know, Allah is a way of opening out doors for you. When you do something for others, solely for others, because you want to create change, all of a sudden, crazy doors start opening in your life. Do you see it as a, as almost like a religious duty? Um, one of my biggest drivers also is that I feel that when I die, what if I'm questioned about why I didn't live my potential? Yeah, and that freaks me out. Hmm. That, 
and if I give the lame excuse where, you know, I was insecure or people would laugh at me and I didn't know if I'd make it and whatever, I don't think that's going to count. And I know that everyone's got some gift, okay? And, and yeah, if I die, and that's what I get questioned about. See, because if I don't live inside my gift, if you didn't live in your gift and start Muslim Vibe, imagine how much of the world wouldn't have been impacted by what you do, mm. okay, by what I do. Those people then go on to impact others, and they go on to impact others. So I think we're all hugely interlinked. So if you didn't set this up, imagine the cascade which wouldn't have happened. If I don't do what I do, Imagine the people who wouldn't have been affected and the people then who they've gone on to change other people's lives. Yeah. And that's my worry. And I feel if everyone can live inside the gift then all of a sudden this world becomes okay, amazing. But then, but then how do you know once you've... I mean, I don't think you can ever ultimately reach your potential. So, for example, if I'm, if I'm doing work with the Muslim vibe, I could do more. I could run another project alongside it. I could set something else up. I could set up some charitable foundation, whatever it might be. I mean, because the, the question, you know, or, or the, the problem that you found yourself in where you don't know or you don't want to be answerable on the day of judgment to God to say that I just didn't do what I should have. But how do you know now that you've, you're fulfilling that role? Because I feel alive and because I'm making a difference. And I can feel that myself. Mm. And, you know, and it's an amazing feeling to have. And I wish everyone can feel that where... Um, where you actually feel you're living inside your gift. And the thing is, it's not a comfortable place to be because it's totally uncertain road sometimes because you don't know where it's going to take you. You know, you're not working in a bank, you're not working as a lawyer, you know, I'm a dentist by profession, right? I'm not, uh, I'm not there all the time anymore. And there's a lot of uncertainty in there. It's a lot of living outside your comfort zone. And then your question about how do you know that you're, you know, you could always do more. Yeah, yeah, we all could do more, right? But inside you, you kind of find a place where you go, you know what? I'm in the right place right now. And you know, we can all ask ourselves how much TV do we watch, you know, how much you know, how much chilling do we do? Mm. And you know, yeah, we need a bit of that, but we don't need a lot of it. You need to find that balance basically. Yeah. And I mean you've you've touched upon it in parts, but with regards to your own experience and journey, um how how did it how did it start? Because obviously we we've met a few years back or quite quite a while back and you were a dentist. And then not long later, you're suddenly kind of off in Kenya giving talks at like the inauguration of a, um, a huge sports tournament uh, and, you know, doing training sessions out there. So what's your personal journey been like in terms of going from just sort of a sort of regular everyday guy to getting into this space of like motivational speaking and, and wellness? See, so for many years since I was younger, what I love to do is I really liked to help people find their way to help them when they had any issues, anything, what it came to, I just felt I was very good at that. Yeah. Um, and then I'll do that on a one-to-one -one basis with friends or things like that. And I really wanted to do more, I wanted to speak more, but you know that little voice in your head, I'm not good enough, no one wants to listen to me, why me? It's, it's always there, okay, in all of us. And then, um, and a big thing which happened in my life is uh, about one and a half years ago, my father passed away. And when my father passed away, my father lived life to the max in the way that um, he he did everything he wanted to do, and on his deathbed he was happy to go, because he knew he'd he'd kind of lived his gift. And I sat back then and said, you know what, I want to be like this one day. That I want to be happy to go. That I don't want to be scared of death. You know, if I die tomorrow, mm. I want to know that I've done everything I can. Yeah, I want to leave my mark in this world. I want to leave my legacy. How am I going to do it? I didn't know how. 
Um, and I really believed in health and wellness. That um, I used to look after myself quite well. And when I looked into our community, so the Asian community doesn't really look after themselves really well. So maybe that's something I can give them. So I started up a small fitness class. I got 15 people. I set on it 15 people. When I advertised about it, the community said, you know what, I don't think you'll get 15 because, you know, Asians not into health. They said, you probably get five. And I said, you know, I, I'm not bothered even if I get one. Because my motto then was, you know, I know I can't change the world through one person, but I could change the world for that one person. And that was very important for me. That's very like, deep. Yeah, that if I can change the life of one person, yeah. that's enough for me. Then I've left my mark. We not only got 15, and it was only meant to be for six weeks, but we've gone on now for one and a half years, week on week and week. We've had about over 200 people coming through our doors. And, uh, and it's allowed me to kind of live my gift it's 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 allowed me a place where i can speak where i can motivate where i can push people through there i've been invited to all i've had an amazing few months where i've been between uh, uh speaking at business conferences in davos and then from there i was in kenya and then from there i was in the us then i was um, then then we're in india and then i was back in uh, kenya and then this year we've got so many trips planned and i'm working with corporates now as well because the thing i realized that you know if we can change a community if we can change ourselves then uh, then you know, then what a corporate is, is, you know, it's loads of individuals and if you can motivate them and, and if you can inspire them, then all of a sudden you can, you know, change the whole business. So, so, so kind of that's my journey over there. So for me, it's been amazing, but it all came about, number one, me believing in myself when no one else did. And number two, just making that move. I still work as a dentist, okay? That is my profession. Mm. Um, and, but... I found what I really love to do, and 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 I've no idea what the next year is going to hold, but I'm loving every day. That's uh, it's profound. I, I mean, it, it's crazy to think that, like as you said, you know, since uh, your father passed away a year and a half ago, and this has all kind of happened in that time since then. Time a year and a half, yeah. So it, was it like a was it like an overnight thing, or you know, what I mean, I'm I'm just trying to understand. Because it's 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 genuinely quite inspiring um, what you've achieved and what you're doing right now, and and as I said, like the, the results that I've seen in people that you've worked with is is very inspirational. But how was it for you? So, you know, your father obviously passed away, and it was must have been a very difficult time for you. Were were, were these kind of thoughts? around then or was there like a, a period after like a few weeks you started thinking this how did that all happen so i wanted to do this class before my father passed away and and uh and so that was kind of in the background so you were already into the whole health thing before then yes okay. yeah. so okay so so just kind of taking it a step back about one and a half years ago i um i lost one of my practices i lost the business which i built up for five years long story um but at the end of the day i lost it it was just some nhs red tape and I had to close one of my businesses down. And what happened then is um, I started getting depressed and I started uh, not knowing what to do because uh, my earnings went. And I didn't know how I was going to support my family and I didn't know what the future held. And then um, through that, I started... I went to see my father and then when this happened and my dad told me, you know what, just have faith keep serving people and in the end the dots will connect and I had no idea how it would happen and then um, I 
I started learning about habits and the importance of having a daily habit and I made it my habit every day to run. And I started running every day. Every single day I used to be out early in the morning, okay, 6 a.m., 6.30 a.m. and I just used to run. And what it allowed me to do is it gave me a sense of liberation. It allowed me to um, focus on myself, focus on life. Mm-hmm. And it allowed me to find my coping mechanism. Okay, so, so that was very important. And then six months later, my father passed away. And it was only through learning how to cope with the loss of my business that I learned how to cope with the loss of my father. So what my point was that the dots did connect, that, you know, if I didn't lose my business, I wouldn't have had the coping mechanism to cope with the loss of my father. And it was only through the loss of my father that kind of I managed to get on this journey. So it's crazy how the dots connect. But sometimes you need that kind of, you know, lightning bolt in your life to say, look, you know what, who cares what people think? Who cares if people laugh? At the end of the day, you know, the haters become the lovers. You know, and and that's it. And you know, on your last day on this earth, the one thing you'll never care about is what someone thinks about you. So why should it matter now? And that was it. And I said, you know, okay, I'm just gonna go. And it was a total belief in myself. And I did it. And it opened out some amazing doors. I've I've always found like from even my own personal experiences that when when you look back, hindsight is the most beautiful thing ever because you can understand how things have happened yet sometimes when you're kind of you're there when you're in the moment you it doesn't all make sense and as you said like being able to look back and and the kind of the profound insight your that your your dad gave you in terms of having faith and carrying on and then finding a coping mechanism and then that applying to dealing with his loss and and i mean that's just that's god for me that's just god at work right it's amazing how the dots connect right Mm. and and if we can understand that kind of life doesn't happen to you, life happens for you. Yeah. I think that's that's huge. I think that's huge that when we can understand that one line where yeah. life doesn't happen to you, it happens for you, that everything in your life does happen for a reason, really, it does. Okay. And and when you give it your all and things still kind of go wrong, there's a reason why. And it will pan out. You know, that if I didn't lose my business, we wouldn't be sitting here right now. Of course, yeah. Pretty sure about that. Hmm. Yeah, but at the time, I your world was cool. your world was crashing. Our world you. But but everyone see the funny the thing is that everyone you read about who's made it huge they had a huge calamity in their life. They had something which shook their world. Really, everyone has. Whoever you read about, you know, I read so much about these people. You know, the biggest thing is they've had they've had massive, massive things in their lives, and that's what's allowed them then to grow. Hmm. They talk about there's that there's that video also talks about um, I think the lobster, yeah. and and it's like you you have your your shell, and for us to kind of grow we need to break that shell and yeah. and that's always like a painful process and there's that you, we have to go through that yeah um, and I think that's the difficulty as I said is that like when we're when we're always in that moment it's the most difficult thing and and we can't see the wisdom behind it but then ultimately you're able to realize um, the lessons. I love that story of the lobster because you know what it shows that because the lobster is a mushy animal that, that when it needs to grow it feels confinement, it feels pain, it feels pressure and has to break off its shell and that's the only way it can grow. Mm. And if it, and you know like, funny thing is if lobsters had doctors, they would just give it a Valium and all of a sudden you know, the lobster wouldn't feel It'll pain. Feel fine. It would feel fine but it wouldn't grow, Yeah. right? But the stimulus for lobster to grow is actually pain. That's the same with us, right? That sometimes with our problems in life, that if we can actually step out and understand why those problems are happening, that they're there to grow us, problems are there to grow us, then I think we can handle our problems better. 
And I use that a lot. So whenever I have a really stressful moment in my life right now, I try to take a step out of myself and think, hold on, this is there for a reason. This is there to grow me. So yes, I'm stressed. Yes, there's pain. Mm. But it's, it's for a reason, right? Because that's how we grow. That the problems you have now are a lot worse than you had five years ago, right? Why? Because you're stronger. And if life was easy, like if you look at some of these trust fund kids and things like that, little things shock them, right? Mm. Why? Because, you know, haven't had much pain. And sometimes you need to come from a place of pain where you can actually appreciate life. And with regards to people that are starting out with a new New Year's resolution now, on the you know middle to the end of January, they're thinking, right, this has inspired me, motivated me to, to, to make a difference and make a change in my life. What would you say would be either the most basic or the, the fundamental things that people need to start out with? Create a habit and do it. Action it. A positive habit, of course. 100, 100%. So when I'm starting with anyone, for example, on a health drive, yeah. I'll get them out in the morning and I'll get them out whether they're walking, running, whatever. But morning and every day. You know why every day? Because if you do it three days a week, if Monday doesn't feel good, you'll say, I'll do it on Tuesday. Tuesday, oh, Wednesday, I've still got three mm. days in my week, right? Yeah. But when it comes to every day, then all of a sudden life changes, right? And when you can create a daily habit, there's 1% of people who can create a daily habit and stick to it. And that's how you become successful. That you create a daily habit and you stick to it, no matter what happens. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I've had I've it where I run in the morning at half past 6am. doesn't matter if it's raining, if it's freezing, if it's minus 5. It's there. And it's ingrained in you. That, that you can't not do it. It's like prayers, right? Yeah. It's, it's ingrained in us. We do it. Even if we don't want to do it, we still do it. Mm. Simple. And, and, and uh, I mean, because I know you run in the mornings regularly. Uh, how does Ramadan come into it? Just out of curiosity. In the evenings, I do it. Oh, you, you run in the evenings? Yeah, 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 100%. But you have to. Stops. I have to. It's more mental than physical. Mm. But, it, but it never stops. It's every day. It's part of life. No, it's fascinating. I think um, something that we, we are trying to focus more on with the Muslim vibe is is getting people thinking about their mental well-being. Um, and I think a lot of the, the physical stuff comes from that because even I've noticed I've had like some serious back uh, issues in the past and I've not been able to play football or do any sports. And there you know, a few months at a time when I was inactive. And when I look back now, I can realise just how kind of down I was um, in terms of everything because like I wasn't doing anything then I slowly started going to the gym and doing what I could with sort of my limited mobility and just the endorphins just on a, on a biological level the endorphins that you get from from activity and from sport and being on your feet it's such a uplifting and empowering thing and it kind of gives you that strength the irony almost that you're kind of using your muscles and you're 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 tiring your muscles out, yet, yet you get more energy and you get more strength yeah. out of it. See, there's two things you said which, is, okay, which I just want to talk about. Number one, you know, so I run a lot of corporate seminars, okay? I run a lot of workshops and we have a lot of kind of moving around, jumping and things like that. Reason why? Because 20 minutes of any sort of jumping, even if it's less than that, yeah, you, you get a lot of release of things like um, of dopamine, of um, serotonin, of adrenaline, of noradrenaline, things like that. Yeah. Okay, Things which normally when you're feeling depressed, you actually get as a pill and so all of a sudden your body starts to um, use those things which it needs to actually feel alert to feel happy to feel energized Mm -hmm. okay so yes 
it, yeah, it totally has the other effect. So rather than being tired because you're working out, you'll actually feel more, more energetic. The second thing about mental health. So I spend a lot of time with people finding out why they're not, why they're not kind of where they want to be and kind of what's, what's affecting them. One of the biggest things which I found is that most people set themselves up to lose in life. And I explain that why, suppose you've got a minute, yeah? Okay, so there's some basic emotions which we need in life, okay, yeah. which we need to feel every day to feel alive. For example, we need happiness. We need to feel loved. We need to feel successful. We need to feel healthy, yeah? For example, those four. If you need to feel those four plus some others, okay, to actually feel alive every day. So when I ask you, for example, um, or if I was to ask someone, you know, how do you feel loved in life? And when I ask a lot of people, a lot of the answers I've got is, for example, when I don't argue with my wife, okay, number one. Number two, when my kids don't argue with me, then all of a sudden I feel loved. Then what you realize is that that basic need, that basic emotion which you need to feel of being loved, you've given to someone else. That your wife's in control of your feel. Like you can't control her moods. Mm -hmm. You can control your mood. You can't con yeah. You can't control hers. You can't control your kids, really. Yeah. So if your kid's having a bad day, and he, uh, then all of a sudden what, you don't feel loved. If you have an argument mm -hmm. with your wife, you all of a sudden don't feel loved. But what if you could change it? What if your feeling of, of love could come from the ability to give love rather than receiving love? So, for example, if you wake up every morning thinking that you have the ability to give love, then you can actually get that feeling of love. And if you can wire that in you, then every day you yourself can feel loved. Okay. Now, if you wake up every morning feeling loved, imagine what gets attracted in your life. More love, right? Imagine if you could wake up every morning feeling successful. So, for example, when you speak to a lot of people, what makes you feel successful? Oh, having, for example, X amount of money in the bank. Now you don't have that right now, but if that's what you're gonna, if that's what makes you feel successful, and you don't have it now, then every morning you wake up, you know, not feeling successful. What if your feeling of success can just be from the fact that you have a job? Okay, you're lowering the you're lowering the bar to get these needs met, but you're keeping your goals high. Big difference. So you wake up every morning, for example, and you know that to feel successful, you know you've got a job. So all of a sudden you feel, you feel successful. Now when you wake up every morning feeling successful, and you walk around feeling successful and you really believe it, imagine what's going to come into your life more. More success. Mm. The secret, law of attraction. Yes. So when you can lower your bar, and when you can allow yourself, when you can set yourself up to win with the basic emotions of life, for example, health as well. When I ask some people, you know, what's going to make you feel healthy? Oh, and I can run 10K. But mate, you can't run 100 meters right now. You know, so, so they're waiting till that time. Maybe that time will never come. But what if your feeling of being successful or feeling health can be from the fact that you wake up in the morning and you go for a walk? That you can achieve every day. Yeah. Then all of a sudden you walk around feeling, feeling healthy every day. And when you feel healthy, imagine what happens. Yeah, you stop smoking. Yeah, you start going to the gym. Why? Because you feel healthy. When you can wire yourself up, so I run workshops where we actually wire people up for things like that, where we actually get them to believe that and really believe that, all of a sudden things change. And that's my thing. For mental health, the greatest thing we can do is set ourselves up to win, not set ourselves up to lose. And I see that so much on the travels, that people set their bar so high that they never win. And when they do win, it's so far on that this, you know, life's about the journey, you know, if we set a goal, when we start talking about goals, when you get to the end goal, you're not going to be happy. Why are you going to want a bit more? Life like that, right? You know, if you want a million, you'll get to a million, but then you want two. Yeah, yeah. Of course. But the journey to a million is what changes you. The journey to a million is what changes you, your family, you know, people around you. It's the journey. 
when you can set yourself up to win, when mm. you can set a huge goal, and when the goal isn't the the goal is just the end, right? But it's I, the journey I think, to get there. Yeah, I, I I think that's spot on in terms of if we're able to reorientate away from our goals and still have those goals, but appreciating that what's happening and as you say the journey along the way that's for me what transforms things right because all of a sudden you're not just looking at that number or at that achievable of like getting a nice house in x part of town or whatever it might be it's more about what you're doing along the way to achieve those things and and how that plays itself out on your happiness because for me ultimately happiness is the goal that's that's what i i believe that like whatever i do it at the end of it should be happiness and often you find yourself on your way to achieving your goals being really unhappy and as i said you know previously with like my studies if i wanted to become a doctor but i'm unhappy doing medicine then i need to change my goal ultimately i don't know i don't know if 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 that's the kind of philosophy that that you have with the people that you work with but it's i think what's what's really interesting is that this kind of last five or ten years i know this stuff has been around for a long time but the last five or ten years i think it's it's got a lot more prominent in terms of people looking at mental well-being and and um motivation and and just being positive and it's really it's really become something that we actually look at and think about in an active way it's not just a passive process that's in the back of our minds it's at the forefront and people like yourselves are i guess championing the cause of us as human beings thinking and and actually making an effort to understand ourselves better and as you say rewiring and reprogramming reprogramming ourselves um for a more sort of beneficial life for ourselves and for people around us so um i guess i definitely commend you um for that but i love what you said do you know what you said you said understanding yourself self awareness mm. i think that's the biggest tool you could ever have to understand you know what makes you tick ultimately yeah. i think that's yeah yeah most people don't understand what makes them tick yeah you know their hates their loves their passions their motivators their demotivators you know what is it what drives you what are your strengths that a lot of the time we concentrate so much on our weaknesses that that again we don't set ourselves up to win mm-hmm. that you know what are you so good at understand yourself what makes you tick and when you understand that, then you win, right? And um, I think I think we'll we could probably do this all evening, but we could. I, I think we'll we'll leave it there for now. Um, how can people get in touch with you, engage with your content, Facebook, and all of that? Okay. Do you want to quickly just tell me a bit about that? If I can just say one other thing about oh, yeah. the goal setting, which often so important, and it's gratitude. That you know, when you can wake up every morning being thankful for what you have. And I think someone from up there looks down and says, you know, because you're thankful, I give you more. Because, you know, if we're not thankful for what we have now, what's to say we'll be thankful if we get more? And when you can wake up from a place of gratitude, where you can be thankful from where you've come, as opposed to where you're going, then I think life changes. And I think that's really important to wake up every morning with a feeling of gratitude. Mm. Okay. And it's huge for goal setting. To be thankful for what you for what you've already been given and not always want more. Yeah, we want more because that's what we are, right? We want more. We want to be more. Yeah. But also to be thankful for what we've been given. How do you get in touch with me? Um, so uh, you can go to my uh, Facebook page, my YouTube page, my Instagram page, and everything's under my name, um, Mahmoud Mauji, on there. And then we'll have a link at the bottom of this we'll, video. We'll put all the links. Yeah, in there. and yeah, and 
any anything i'd love to interact with everyone anything and plans for 2018 for yourself plan for 2018 um i want to reach out to a lot more of the world okay i know i can make a difference and i want people to realize what they've got inside of them i want people to start realizing their gift i don't want people to have any regret no one who's watching this should ever have any regret in their life moving forward and that's it. And I want to push that message out that you have one life, okay? And that's it. And on the last day, you're not ever going to care about what someone thought about you, so don't care now. Just go out and do what's in there. That's it. It's very deep. Uh, thank you very much for your time. Thank you, thank you Rob. Thank you. Um, so I guess that's uh, the end of our podcast. Um, I'd like to thank uh, Mahmoud Maoji and, and for everyone who's listening. Uh, this has been a TMV podcast by The Muslim Vibe, sponsored by Wahid Invest. Uh, thank you and assalamu alaikum. Wahid helps you become a halal investor in minutes. Clients from over 40 states have already started their journey with us. Here's how it works. First, we ask you eight simple questions to recommend a portfolio based on your risk profile. You then select your portfolio and simply sign up online. Your account can be approved in seconds. After you fund your account, we'll place the trades for you. All you have to do then is sit back and monitor your performance. It actually is that easy.